Hi, and welcome to the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon. On today's show, we have a really cool interview with Dodgers second baseman Kike Hernandez. Let's get right to it. We're joined by Kike Hernandez. Kike, who turned 29 on Monday, happy birthday, is in his seventh major league season. He's one of the game's most versatile players, with at least 80 innings played at each infield and outfield position, and he even got an out on the mound. I maintain that if he had played second base all year last season, he would have given Colton Wong a run for his money for the Gold Glove and Fielding Bible Award. Uh, Kihei, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, your thoughts on how the season has progressed for you so far? Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, for everything else. Yeah, halfway through. It's going pretty good. Obviously, we have the best record in baseball so far, which is what's most important. And uh, in a season that's, been, that's been completely different to the, to the normal, to what we know to what I know. It's been pretty fun. Besides all the problems that we had starting spring training to all the way to opening day, uh, you know, we never thought we'd get to this point, and here we are now. And it seems like there's a pretty good chance that we can complete the rest of the season and, and have a postseason. And we're, we're all really excited about that. How has what's happened impacted the way that you prepare, particularly the way that you prepare to play the field? There's a little less time at the field. When it comes to you know having time to to go watch video and stuff like that, I think we have come up with a pretty good system in terms of uh, being able to watch video at home for the offensive side of things. But you know, every once in a while, when uh, when, when we're playing teams that that we're not that familiar with, I I go through it a little bit, you know, and it's quickly. I, I go through some of the hitters and and you know what they do as far as like hitting the ball in the air, hitting the ball on the ground, and and if so, where where the most of those balls go and, and pitch locations and stuff. But uh, for me, it's uh, more important to, to to know if my pitcher has his command that day or not. And that way, I can uh, it helps myself a little bit more on, on my pre-pitch preparation and all that. Besides the fact that uh, the time is a little bit short every day at the field, uh, you know, the rest of the the rest of the sports still the same. It's still baseball and. You know, rules haven't changed as far as, as in-game stuff, so uh, it's, it's, it's not been bad. It hasn't been bad at all. You mentioned your pre-pitch preparation, and one of the things that I looked up and it became very clear from watching uh, what amounts to a very impressive highlight reel is that you play a very deep second base. I think part of that is due to the fact that you guys shift so much and they, they station you out uh, further out. How does that impact how you play and uh, how you're able to get to balls? You know, at first I wasn't a, a, a big fan of the, the shift, mainly because I thought that uh, it got me out of the action a little bit. Uh, playing up the middle, I like to be involved in every play, whether it's a called strike pitch and, and having to back up the, the throw from the catcher or whatnot. But uh, late in games, the grass gets wet and whatever, and going into road road fields. Not not all, not every grass plays the same way. Some of them snake, some of them are bouncy, some of them are slow, and all that. But uh, I usually play a pretty deep second base, regardless. I, I feel like I have the arm to make up for similar things, like whether the ball is not hit as hard as they usually are. But I think for me, with uh, knowing that I have an advantage with with a shortstop arm playing second base, I know that even against righties, I can play a little bit deeper. So to have a, a little bit of an extra step or two as far as range goes, but, uh, you know, I like, uh, I like to keep the ball in the infield, whether, whether they're running on base or not, you know, I, I like to knock the ball down, whether I can throw the guy out of first or not, the ball's hit on the ground and it's anywhere near me, 
I always, I mean, I'm expecting to get to that ball and I'm expecting to get the out, but if I can't, you know, just make sure I keep the ball in the infield. The definition of anywhere near me uh, expands, I think, for you more than it does for uh, some other people. We have a stat that we keep here. Uh, we track how the fielder gets to the ball. Did he just kind of jog after it? Did he sprint after it? Did he dive? Did he slide? Did he jump? And for you, the sprint numbers uh, jump off the page, that you're able to uh, sprint to ground balls, I think partly because you play so far so far back, and that you do it at a level of effectiveness that is tough to match. Uh, I was curious what work goes into uh, being able to do that. To be a good infielder, you definitely have good hands, but I think on the defensive side, you do everything with your legs. Whether that sounds weird or not, I think the key to catching a ball whether you're in the infielder and you're in the outfield, a ball that is like an in-betweener where you don't know if you can get to it or not, I think the first step is just going to be the, the factor in that. I think you catch ground balls or you don't catch ground balls, whether you get a good hop or not, that's all based on your footwork. Um, a lot of the times, infielders, me as well, I try, I try not to, but I'm also guilty of it. You know, so a lot of our errors come from me lazy and, and getting flat-footed. So for me, moving my feet constantly, you know, I just want to get to every ball, and then after I get to the ball, I worry about the throwing part of it, but I just want to get to the ball before. You know, that's, that's all I'm thinking about, catching the ball first, and then I worry about the throw, whether it's in the infield or the outfield. I think the quicker I get to the ball in the infield, the more time I have to, you know, set up my feet and make a good, strong throw, or, you know, figure out how I'm going to make this running throw or whatever. And then same thing for the outfield. Like when I'm in the outfield, I take a lot of pride for coming in, sprinting in hard for a ground ball. Because, I mean, assists are sexy and all that. But to me, it's more important, like, for during the game, like in-game stuff, I think it's more important to keep that runner at third or keep that runner at second from advancing to third, a first to third situation, or, or keeping a runner, a runner at third from scoring and a single from second. I think that's more important than the, than the sexy stat of an assist. For me, cutting the ball and cutting the distance of the ball is the most important thing when it comes to defense. And the same way, the same way you use your feet to get a good jump or a good hop, you know, the same, the same way your feet shouldn't stop working to, to make the throw. You mentioned uh, earlier in, in your answer there, you were talking about your hands. Mark Gubas of the Angels broadcaster was commenting about a play that you made earlier this season. I think it was against David Fletcher uh, about your glove to hand transfer being super quick. Uh, how did you develop that? I don't know. I, uh, I honestly don't know how, how I can. No, that's fair. How I develop that? Uh, I feel like I've been uh, ever since I was a little kid. I was a pretty good shortstop, you know. And obviously, you know, throughout the years, growing up, when I was coming up in high school, when I got to my senior in high school, I got to, I got the chance to work with some uh, some scouts back in Puerto Rico that played pro ball as infielders before, and they helped me, you know, establish a base. And then once I got to pro ball, I was I was around some some pretty good infield people. You know, I had Jim Pankovitz in the minors. I had Ed Romero, uh, people like Adam Everett, Craig Biggio, Tom Wallace. Those are guys that helped me, you know, get to the big leagues and, and, you know, be as good as I can in the minor leagues. And then once I got to the big leagues, I had some, some pretty good coaching as well. I think Perry Hill. I was only around him for like four weeks or so when I was in Miami. But I think if, if I had to say, like, a person that has impacted me the most on the infield side of things has been it's probably been Perry Hill. And you know, you obviously need to have a good base and, and all this and, and be a good infielder to, to you know, to go to the next level or whatnot. But I think Perry 
it's some of the little things that just help you become extremely consistent. And uh, for that, I'm always going to be extremely thankful for. And then after that, when, once it got to the Dodgers, I, had, I, I was very fortunate to work with Chris Woodward for a few years. And obviously, uh, he helped me a lot with all the preparation stuff and, and, and helped me uh, understand some of the, like, what results hitters get from certain pitches, certain pitches in, in certain locations of the strike zone, like breaking balls up in the strike zone if a hitter hits a ground ball where the tendency of that ball tends to be if the breaking ball is down where the ball most likely is going to be hit little things like that and then obviously now i have you know evil which helps me just you know touches base with me every once in a while and, and wants to know what i want to work on and stuff like that and he's he, uh, he helps me you know stay stay sharp stay ready and that's basically it i don't i don't really know how i developed a, a quick transfer or, or whatever but uh I think I think a lot of practice, a lot of preparation, and something I take a lot of pride in is is practicing with intent. Even when I'm playing catch, every throw that I make during playing catch, just you know, getting my arm loose, I'm making every throw with an intent. You know, I'm not just playing catch just for the for the heck of it or whatever. And when I'm taking ground balls, I always like to throw somewhere. I never I never want to take ground balls and not throw the ball because I think that develops some lazy habits. And uh, if, I, if I'm throwing the ball to the base, I know that my feet are always going to be moving and they're always going to be working. And that's something that I always, that I'm always thinking about. You know, just keep your feet moving. You know, the harder the ground ball seems to be, you know, the softer you need to make your body so that you can just be loose and, and react to, to like a, a weird hop or whatever. So that's just some of the, some of the way I prepare and just, after that, I take it to the game and take, let my ability take over during the game. TK, thank you. You answered about four questions in one shot there. Is, is there a play that you're particularly proud of? I think I've made some cool plays throughout my big league career. I made one when I was with Houston in Anaheim. That was like my third or fourth game in the big leagues. I was playing short. CJ Crone hit a ground ball to my right in the sixth hole, and I made a sliding catch. It was a, kind of a weird, I guess a weird, I had to figure out a way to get creative with my throw to second to turn the double play. I was able to, to, to give all two of his solid feet and, and, and turn the double play. But um, I think my favorite play in the big leagues, as far as like difficulty level and all that and, and, and execution, I think the play against the Marlins in 2018 when uh, Star- Starling Castro hit it. I was playing shortstop. It was a ground ball up the middle. It was Walker Buehler's first career start in the big leagues. I made a play up the middle. I had to go full speed. I slid up the middle, like the second baseman was right by me. And uh, I snow combed that ball and like had to figure out a way, again, get creative to make the throw. And I had no idea where first base was as far as like looking at it. But, you know, first base has always been there for, for a very long time since the game started. First base has always been in the same spot. So you kind of get familiar with the field and, you know, kind of you kind of have an idea where it is. But I planted my knee and somehow I, I was able to pop up and, and figure out a way to get my legs under it to, to put something on the throw to first and, and get the runner out and uh, it was bang bang at first and as far as like thinking off the bat whether, whether or not I had a chance and I could play, make that play and how hard it was I think I would say that was that's probably my, my, my favorite play I've made in big leagues That's a pretty good memory of it Alright I have one other long answer for you and then three uh, fairly short ones uh, what, right. my, my long question for you What are your early impressions of working with Mookie Betts in right field? Well, I think all around, like, there's, if I had to explain Mookie in one word, it's just impressive. You know, for 
me. It's a, it's a, it's an honor and a, and it's a pleasure, man. It's a lot of fun to, to get to see the process of, of that type of player, how he goes about his business each and every day. I think he's the best player I've ever played with, as far as like complete mess of a player. But in right field, uh, you know, it's pretty cool seeing how easy he makes it look. You know, I, I, I always think I'm, you know, I've thought that I'm a pretty good outfielder and all, and all that, but I just think the outfield gets a little boring compared to the infield. You know, the only thing I would have to say, the only con about having Mookie in right field is that I don't get to run back for pop-ups anymore. For bloops, I used to, you know, I, I, I love going back there and, and, and going as far as I can go after a ball. But with Mookie, I, I, I mean, I don't have to worry about the ball in the air. I know if it's, if it's in the air and it's behind me, he's going to find a way to get to it. As boring as that makes my job, it's also, it gives me the peace that I only have to worry about the balls that are on the ground and, you know, the balls that are up in the air. I don't have to, you know, sometimes it can get pretty scary running back and you're just looking at the ball and you have no idea where that outfielder coming in, running in full speed is, is if he's creeping on you and if he's going to crush you or whatever. But with Mookie, I know that I'm going to have to go to the ball till he calls me off and, I mean, sure enough, he calls me off. He's called me off every single time this year, and he calls me off pretty early, too, so that tells you how good a jump he's getting for those balls. And as, as a little boring as he can make my job, you know, he's, 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 pretty, he's pretty awesome, pretty impressive to, to get to watch. And, you know, when our off-fillers, our, our uh, you know, when whether we have Pollock and left, Belly and center, Mookie and right, those are three gold glovers, or then you throw Jock or CT out there, you know, our off-filler, I don't know what the metrics say or whatever, but I don't think there can be. There, there's a lot of better outfield defense than than ours right now. The metrics say they they like your team a heck of a lot. All right, a couple of really quick ones, just uh, quick answers to these. Your favorite defensive player to watch? There's a few, man. There's a, there's a few. I think I could go by position. I, I really, I truly enjoy Nolan. Yep. Uh, and that shortstop, you know, because I get to watch him a lot. Nick Gomez is really good. Second base, I don't know. I, I, I like myself, but uh, <laughs> if I had to say somebody else, I, I would. I mean, Colton Wong is pretty good. Yep. Javi was fun to watch when he was playing second. He's also fun to watch at short. To this day, I still say first baseman, first, first, best first baseman in the big leagues is Belly. Yep. But he gets to play outfield now, and I think Belly's the best first man in the game, but, you know, we, we get to throw him out there in the, in the outfield and get to watch him run. But, uh, you know, there's, there's some really good defenders in the league. I enjoy Mookie and Wright as a joke. Uh, center fielders, you know, you got guys like Kiermaier. I like I like Jackie Bradley because, you know, he's not the fastest guy, kind of like me, but, you know, he just gets some ridiculous jumps and he makes every ball look easy. And uh, I think a, a kid that people shouldn't sleep on in, in the outfield and in all three positions should be Alex Verdugo. He's, he's, he's amazing out in the outfield and also he's, a, he's got a bazooka of an arm, so... Jimmy's going to be fun to watch for, for a lot of years. How many gloves do you own? A lot more than I should, probably. Uh, every year I try to join that list. And uh, <laughs> right now in my locker, I have a uh, first base mitt. I have uh, the glove that I work, that I use in BP for the infield. I have my gamer for the infield. I have two backups for my infield glove. And I have the BP glove for the outfield that I don't really get to use anymore because I've been playing mostly infield this year. And then... I have my outfield gamer and then an outfield backup glove. That is a lot. Will we ever see you catch? No, I, I catch bullpens here and there, but to be honest with you, that's just not a position for me. And uh, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I can't flinch if the guy swings. I cannot flinch. I don't wear a cup. I don't recommend playing catcher without a cup on. So <laughs> like, there's too many variables that don't 
ask my manager if I can play nine positions in one day, but as far as we're playing meaningful games, that's probably not going to happen. All right, last one. We've asked you all defense questions so far. One hitting question. How the heck are you 25 for 50 against Mad Bum? I don't know. I've gotten lucky, and then after that, it's just following up the tradition, I guess. I have no idea, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. It's a remarkable statistic, though. No, yeah. I, I'm truly proud of it, and me and Madison, you know, we played against each other for a few years now. We haven't gotten to really know each other as much as maybe we, we could have had the opportunity to, but, you know, the rivalry between the Giants and the, and the Dodgers and all that, we kind of kept pretty distant, but now that uh, our video guy used to be with them, and they're pretty pretty close friends, uh, Chat Chop, you know, we've gotten to interact a few times, and, and we've joked about it a few times, but, uh, you know, I, I respect the, the heck out of Madison, and, uh, you know, he's been one of the best pitchers of his generation, and, uh, I don't know, it's just one of those weird things that I've, I've, I've hit the guy really well, and he happens to be one of, one of the greatest pitchers in the game, and, you know, I just happen to be uh, a little infielder, outfielder guy that, that, that plays for the Dodgers, and that has his number, but I don't, I don't really have a secret to it, it's just... It's just kind of just happened. <laughs> it's a pretty good claim to fame. So is leading baseball and defensive run save. Kike Hernandez, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Matt. Let's do a baseball history lesson coming out of that interview. Kike's from Puerto Rico, so let's salute the best defensive players to come from there. It starts, of course, with Roberto Clemente, who won 12 gold gloves in right field for the Pirates, tied with Willie Mays for the most by an outfielder. Clemente is widely regarded to have one of the best throwing arms of all time. Also in the outfield, Carlos Beltran, a three-time gold glove winner who glided through center field and made tough plays look easy. So did four-time gold glove winner Bernie Williams. He sometimes takes some knocks because of how his defense eventually tailed off in the latter part of his career. At first base, Vic Powers' name hid his true talent. He won the gold glove at the position in seven straight seasons from 1958 to 1964. If we're talking family legacies, Sandy Alomar Sr. passed a good one on to his sons, Roberto and Sandy Jr. Hall of Famer Roberto won 10 gold gloves and played second base with great flair. Sandy won one for those great Indians teams of the 90s and 2000s and has done his best to pass the lessons on to his mentee, Indians catcher Roberto Perez. On the infield, Ray Sanchez never won a gold glove but he's very highly regarded for his work at shortstop and second base in the 1990s and 2000s. We actually didn't think of him initially, but the advanced metrics love him. Also, a tip of the cap to Mike Lowell, born in Puerto Rico, who won a gold glove as part of a 13-year career at the hot corner. The richest position for defense is at catcher, where you've got Hall of Famer Ivan Rodriguez and all three Molina brothers, Benji, Jose, and of course, perennial gold glover Yadi, along with Benito Santiago, who used to throw guys out from his knees, and Martin Maldonado. We know that Rodriguez is one of the all-time great catchers, both at the plate and in the field. Yadier Molina has certainly put up an incredible career resume in his time in the major leagues. Kike Hernandez is among a number of current infielders looking to make their mark, along with Javier Baez, who we mentioned, Francisco Lindor, and Carlos Correa. The standard has been set very high for them to follow. And this wraps up this episode of the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. Be sure to check out our companion football podcast, as Off the Charts focuses on women in football analytics with a couple of interesting guests, Emily Battis and Sarah Bailey. For Kike Hernandez and our producer, Justin Stein, I'm Mark Simon. Don't forget to rate and review us if you can. Thank you for tuning in.
Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS.